हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर दर प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन दर डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो इंटरनेट has changed the way we interface with brands our interactions with the brands we love and the new ones have become much more complex than ever before but emphasizing experience over everything else is the key to creating a memorable and valuable brand with loyal customers some of the most well known brands today build experiences that are aspirational and stir feelings in potential and existing customers and to understand the importance of brand experience for brand value in this episode we get into a conversation with sanjay bhatnagar design director at shopx10 i commerce services private limited he is an award winning competency area mentor with over two and a half decades of professional experience as an artist a mentor a teacher and a design leader and that's why on our journey of discovering designering we talk to him about nurturing brands from values to experiences hey hello sanjay welcome to avantika designering podcast series it's an honor and pleasure for us to host you on our show today thank you rohit thanks for having me I'm really honored to be there. Super. So Sanjay, as our ice-breaking question, design is all about generating and evolving. Even though people see design as a process leading to a good combination of the product, or say app functionality, interface, or even graphics. The question that I have for you is: How can a designer think carefully about data visualization? and help users decide reduce the cognitive burden that has been much spoken about uh, the entire last year and generate a seamless overall experience well, that's a good question uh, rohit see the key is in uh, knowing your customer at times we mistook our customers as the one who signs our check so it's not always the same you know we need to uh, think beyond the uh, customer and uh, look for the end customer who's going to use your design who's going to consume your design that's uh, that's the key if you know and understand your customer well you can actually uh, end up delivering a better meaningful and uh, relevant design solution to them wow interesting and well said and i'm quite sure that um, it's important to look at it holistically rather than looking at it in bits and pieces great so sanjay you are having more than two decades of innovative expertise in brand management and development media interactive uh, and communication architecture 
capable of evaluating business demands, developing original ideas and overseeing programs from conception to completion. Can you tell us about your professional background? Well, um, I actually started, uh, I would not say I started, I was actually trained to be an artist. I have done my bachelor's in painting. And and one thing that my gurus have taught me is not the skill of a technique, but the skill to learn. The skill to have its lifespan. Skill will always have its lifespan. You know, you learn something today and it will, you know, there is a time that it will get obsolete and go out of the market trends and all. But if you have the capability of learning, if you learn how to learn, if you know how to learn, you will keep on going. Now, that's the kind of uh, foundation that my gurus have built it. During my graduation days, I just recall when I was in uh, doing my bachelor's of fine arts in painting, uh, we did not have uh, the luxury of having photography as a subject for the painting students. Uh, but I had the little, what do you call it? interest in more technical oriented and more uh, technique related uh, subjects and all which always kept me uh, focusing and driving towards it uh, i had that passion to learn photography and there was this teacher of mine who was uh, one he's professor sir i respect him totally too much uh, he mentored me like i and i learned photography with him off the school college curriculums and he helped me learn that beyond the capacity of the college curriculums, you know. So, the, 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 if a teacher looks at you which who is willing to go beyond the curriculum, they always add up to uh, give you that kind of uh, focus and give you that learning. Now, the same thing, uh, learn to learn. When I moved to uh, my master's, when I was doing my master's in MS University Baroda, my HOD was Mr. Dhumal. <coughs> He also had this uh, kind of nature. He keeps us challenging, you know. He gives us a problem. He asks us to find a solution to it. And in return, we eventually learn. So that was his way of teaching us learn. Uh, I totally recall there was a, a old uh, shutdown paper making unit there in our faculty, which was not been operational for past couple of years and all machines were getting rusted and all. Um, he challenged us that if you can do it uh, and come up with a working paper from it. And that those were the days I'm talking about 94, 95. Uh, internet was just not there at all. So there was no point of Google and learn something from them. How to make a paper, we were not even aware of what how paper is made. So uh, we did so many trials and errors and did research, met so many people. And eventually in four months time, I and one of my friend, we, we were both working on that project together. We came up with our first paper in four months time. And that paper was made from the torn jeans rag that we had at our home from our hostel. We took our jeans, cut them into pieces and made a pulp out of it, beat them into pulp and then converted that into a paper. That was a paper. I still have it. But that level of challenge and when you work towards the challenge, it's, it's, it's called learning on the go. We keep on doing it. Uh, when I stepped out of college, uh, I had zero knowledge of uh, computers. I mean, 90, Windows 95 was born that year. So uh, the computer was a very, very highly prized and very you know, elevated subject and thing. 
and uh, I joined NIIT. Uh, that was my first job, and I had no knowledge of how to operate a computer at all. I don't even know how to save a file. I did not even know what is directory structure is all about. But these things is when you joined the company. They were doing purely digital media at that time. Back in '96, they were '95-'96. NIIT was delivering e-learning solution uh, purely in digital media. And they wanted a couple of design people who can take that up. So everything that I have learned in the digital space is while being on the job, doing errors and learning from my mistake, learning from others' mistake. And uh, gradually we have uh, picked up uh, everything as and when they were uh, uh, invented. Flash was not there. It, 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 it uh, came in front of us only. We learned on that. Uh, other softwares are introduced in front of us. We gradually moved to it. We gradually learned on it and gradually uh, acquired our skills around it and mastered it. So the, the uh, common thing again I'm saying, the skill to learn is the critical factor that helped me a lot. Knowing how to learn is the most important thing. Um, coming back to the digital media, uh, I was the first uh, digital printmaker in India whose work was selected by Lalit Kala Academy and was they, they bought my prints and put them into their catalog, uh, archive catalog uh, as the first digital prints ever in India. That was back in 96. Uh, after that, I got a senior fellowship uh, by Ministry of Culture in the space of digital print itself. And in the professional space, I started as a graphic designer, but eventually I have managed to build brands. I have successfully designed uh, festival campaigns for like uh, National School of Drama. We have designed tableaus for Republic Day parades. We have done so many tableau designs. I have done so many tableau designs for various states. Uh, we have designed uh, smart products, uh, created uh, which are technical, uh, technology driven, and uh, we're still learning. I'm still looking forward for new challenges and exploring my own limit. Well, that's that's really exciting in terms of how do you connect the dots and you know put across your experience. In fact, in in your journey. You've worked with other companies. You've been an entrepreneur. You've been an academician. So can you connect the dots there? That How has it overall shaped your design thought process? See, uh, working with so many uh, clients and different projects has kind of built a repository of information in my conscious or subconscious, I would say. It has built your experience eventually. Now, that is the key repository of all the experience that keep on adding over a period of time when you work with different clients, different projects, and uh, different skills also. Now, when it comes to building your uh, repository like this, uh, there is always a time when something new comes for the first time. Uh, you may fumble at, at, at that initial stage, but... Uh, once you are done with it and once you are through with it, uh, it adds to your uh, knowledge and it adds to your intuitive reflex towards that uh, problem solver. So I was lucky that I had a chance challenge uh, providing tasks, uh, challenging projects that I was exposed to, as well as uh, I was able to manage to deliver with those challenges, accepting those challenges and delivering it. 
I mean, I, I can quote uh, very recently back in 2013. Till 2013, I had never ever used CorelDRAW. But uh, while I was working on a project for uh, designing the uh, National School of Drama's Harangam uh, Festival, I had to step into the space of printmaking and I had never done any project before that. You wouldn't believe it. I used to study and to read how to use CorelDRAW overnight. Every night I just sit and learn and in the morning I used to apply in the design. I Once I know that exactly this is what I want, as a creative person, you have a vision and you have an intuitive view of what kind of delivery you have to do. You know, the, the design is there in your mind. How does that, that design from your mind comes to your paper or comes to your, uh, your computer is based on the technical skill or the, the, the software that you use or the technology that you use. Sometimes you use a paper or color or paper. And sometimes you use a software or a digital uh, device to deliver it. Now, this is just a medium. Once you have, once you are clear about what you want to deliver, the, the idea is there in your mind, then tool is just a matter of, uh, the, the technology is just a matter of tool. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely, Sanjay, it does. In fact, you know, your answer gives me cue for my next question. Uh, whether commodities are clever, aesthetics and heavy, one of the key elements is missing until human psychological facets are developed. The aesthetics appeal on the one hand and the functionality on the other hand. The question that I had for you is, how do you ensure that aesthetics and functionality are combined and balanced? I go by trying to bridge the gap between the two theories. One uh, being the studio skill and other being the technical skill. From the studio skill base, I like to quote a shlok from Vishnu Dharmutra Puran, which is very commonly used in the aesthetic space called, and it goes like, uh, pramanani bhanga The six limbs of creating uh, any visual art. So this has been very well documented long back in the Vishnu Quran, which, which defines how you treat a visual element. Now, this is a studio scale. It, it tells you how to do a measurement, how to prepare a base, how to color, how to decorate, when to do, and what is the order of you that you should follow. This is a purely studio scale element. Added to this is the modern day theory, which is the design thinking philosophy, where we have empathy, empathy, define, ideate, prototype, and test. Those six points, the Shadangam, the six points of that uh, from the Dharmutra Purana and these five points of design thinking, if I create a bridge between these two and keep empathy as the pivot, empathy towards your customer's requirement and understanding, uh, that provides, can build a design solution that can help maintain the right balance between the two. Hey, did you know ShopEx has a presence in 460 towns across 24 states in India and this has enabled them to serve more than 15 million consumers across the country. Wow, that's a really beautiful way of connecting, uh, you know, your environment and, and, and uh, you know, your work. I am I, I, truly marveled that uh, you know, how you remember the entire shlok and how do you connect the dots so beautifully. 
And while speaking about your journey coming to your current role and organization, ShopX is India's fastest growing B2B e-commerce platform that provides significant benefits to retailers across India. With a mission to organize commerce through technology to make it accessible and valuable to everyone. Can you tell us more about the company's design team culture? What is the design team actually doing there and, and how is the culture there? Um, okay, we have a very small design team, but a very powerful design team, I would say. Uh, we have an open door culture across the organization. And so does the same thing apply in our uh, uh, design team as well. My CEO sits next to everybody like that. We He don't have a, a cabin of his own. He sits in the same uh, as on the on the you know on the working bay just like anybody else. So does we and uh, anybody is allowed to approach and discuss and you know share their thoughts honestly and without any uh, fear of you know being you know criticized or being kind of not accepted. Kind of. So having said that, uh, we have a very very open culture and we really feel that uh, the the team is uh, required to deliver uh, 10x uh, performance uh, from whatever we do whatever we do so no matter what if you are doing if you are partying you party hard as well so if you work hard and you party harder that's the kind of uh, work culture that we have in our organization and the same things uh, translate back to our team as well um, having said that uh, we are a small, as I said, we are a very small but a very powerful team that believes in the next performance. Each and every team member in my team is a trailblazer. Uh, we review and honestly provide crit- uh, constructive criticism. I would say constructive criticism is the key in our uh, team. My team has many times rejected my own design without hesitating and I have to humbly accept that because they have managed to prove me why and where I am uh, going wrong or I may not have done thing right. So, uh, the factor of, you know, you convince or get convinced, that kind of open debate that generally we used to do in our, of, uh, in our, in our office when COVID lockdown was not there. Now, since the lockdown, uh, we have uh, moved towards, you know, uh, a different work culture altogether. But before that, when we were there, uh, we used to do uh, regular we, the team used to have the lunch together. They move around together. It's a small family. It's a very, very small, close-knit family kind of culture that we have. Uh, another thing that we uh, encourage, truly encourage, is learning. Uh, that is part of our KRA as well. I have put uh, learning as a KRA that every quarter you have to have at least one new learning initiative in your work area that you have implemented one, you have to learn and then you have to implement in your uh, project. So that keeps the ball rolling because generally what happens is once you're out of college, once you're out of uh, your uh, you know learning space, you very rarely spend time towards learning. I, being an academician, I value learning on a very high platform. I want that the learning factor should be there in every aspect of what we are doing. So, um, we, uh, we very strongly believe in that uh, philosophy and uh, try to implement learning as a basic element. Well, that's super inspiring culture and, and, and it's so exciting to hear about 
how do you encourage your team members to learn at each uh, at, at 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 each moment and how it is part of their career i think that's that's beautiful and sanjay moving from your journey to the organization where you are associated with to the world of design and while talking about the world of design to create an effective visual identity designers must have a big picture knowledge of a company's customer journey and all the ways customer interact with the company and perform tasks over a period of time in fact it helps them unify the vision of customers and brands the question that i have for you sanjay there is how can we create visual identities for brands incorporating a customer experience mindset what i believe is that customers are always evolving and so is our design customers keep getting bored of and immune to the design that we present them last the the design that we expose them with uh, or the, the the design element that we expose them with yesterday may not stand true today so uh, it is a ever evolving uh, process altogether so what worked yesterday may not work today and will definitely work not tomorrow so as a designer we have to keep innovating and develop keeping the customer response and feedback in mind empathy and client persona helps us develop better the better uh, the design and when it when it, and when it is backed with the market research and when when we have uh, the empathy there and we have the correct persona uh, in place when we add another layer of uh, uh, market research when we have uh, things like you know when you go to the market talk to them understand their requirement we create a focus group discussions where people can come back give them some uh, situations we give them some design options and take their feedback on you know which design sounds more relevant to them how do they react and how do they respond to a given set of designs we develop our own set of learning from that and define the direction that achieves a higher result and achieve the higher result faster so we try to work towards a situation that if if things have to fail they should fail fast so that's the reason why we try to interact and connect with the client uh, at a very early stage we just don't go to the market you know like with we have done this so lord let's launch it in the market and see how it goes we do some small sample testings we we correct our uh, direction on the go and we keep on evolving our design solution actually uh, every time interesting in fact you know while talking about the customer and uh, uh, sticking there and getting more into the detail of the customer journey as a designer understanding the true essence of a brand its its ethos values and unique selling points are essential to define its creative identity it requires a delicate balance of strategy and creativity to uncover what's truly unique about a brand i wish to understand what are some of the ways that designers can immerse themselves in a client's business and sector to define their point of difference i think one of the most challenging areas yes it is absolutely it is and uh, communication is the key communication is the key understand your client's requirements that's the ultimate quality 
adhering to the requirement is the key. Now, when I say adhering to the requirement, most of the time designers fail here. What they end up doing is that I am capable of delivering a better design. I have a better design solution for you. So designers end up giving them what what sounds right to me rather than thinking of what sounds right to the customer. Now, that happens when you do not document the right kind of requirement from the customer. Imagine if a customer is a farmer, he wants some, you know, one truck load of uh, soil to grow his uh, plantation. And I am capable of delivering him one truck load full of cement. It is more expensive, more uh, uh, different, uh, in a different element uh, altogether. And it has a different purpose altogether. But I say, I can deliver you one truck load of cement. Will that address the requirement of your customer? Never. He wants a truck load full of dirt and that is what I have to deliver him. Now, once we understand that, it helps us to deliver the client appreciation or client wow. Now, this can be done only when you have documented your client requirements. Again, documenting is a part of communication. Unless until you talk to them, you cannot document it. You have to ask smart questions. You have to, uh, you know, find a better uh, reference points to discuss with the points with your customer. Give them options and say, try to find what is their direction that they're looking at and define the client requirement altogether and get it approved by them together at the same time to double check whether they are on the right track or not. Secondly, it also helps manage your cost. I mean, as I said, sometimes it's not only the financial cost, it's the time also. So time, effort, all that is saved. So the documentation is the first point. Second is the, um, second step that I suggest is, is the, uh, unless you know your client well, uh, no, you can't understand the problem and you can't give a problem, so the proper solution. Um, doctors generally run so many tests on you when you go to the doctor and they uh, take so many tests is only because they want to do some uh, uh, research on your uh, problem. So when you're talking to your customer, you currently run a research factor on what kind of requirement they have, how others in the given situation have addressed the problem and what kind of solutions they have given. So research is a second key factor. Third factor and the most critical factor where the students or the new designers fail is the presentation. I have seen many good designs shot down at a very early stage because they were not presented in the right way. Unless until you present your design, you communicate your design in the right way, you cannot sell a good solution to the customer. So three factors I, I summarize. Uh, know your customer, document your client requirements, research, and a well presentation. Wow, that's really valuable insight, uh, Sanjay. Sounds so simple like ABCD, but unfortunately, most of us actually miss out the fine print and the detailing. And I'm sure if we follow the process uh, to the right, uh, right, right technique, um, it will help us to connect with the customers much better and then obviously create a 
a beautiful experience for them there. In fact, sticking to that thought process, Sanjay, my next question comes from there that one of the most important ways that brands create financial value is through their influence on purchase decisions. Strong brands encourage trial and through the brand experience, engender loyalty and repeat purchase as well. The question that I have is, how do we create a brand experience that will help brands translate their products into business values? And especially from the B2B perspective of creating that that business value, how, how, how can brands do this? Well, that's a golden question, actually. Uh, and to be honest, there is no rule as per se. There, there are basic fundamentals that we need to stick to and keep trying various test runs that may try to disrupt the market space. So we work towards creating layers of design development project plan where one layer works towards delivering the basic uh, and the conventional uh, design uh, requirement that we're doing it. But on top of that, we add another layer that works in the, uh, in the controlled research mode. Uh, which keeps on trying new and uh, different approaches towards design implementation. Now, that helps us to uh, find the gaps in the existing design and uh, design uh, solution and uh, helps us or give us an opportunity to tweak our uh, solution time and again. And we keep on working on that level. So we work with a two-layer mode. That's what we do. Hey, did you know ShopEx runs a unique program called TRAIN? It's an educational scholarship program to address education for children of ShopEx retailers. It empowers retailers in Tier 2 and Tier 3 cities and creates a lasting impact at the grassroots level in the retail industry. Wow, interesting. In fact, you know, changing the gear to, 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 to something interesting, Sanjay, is more about understanding um, intuition and design. So when you talk about user experience, it is inseparable from the larger human experience and exercising intuition becomes crucial as we navigate the complex and evolving world around us. I mean, let's take the pandemic as an example. But there has been a constant debate between intuition and scientific thinking. Since you've been an academician and a design practitioner, the question that I have here is, what is the role of intuition in design and how can we blend these two strategies to build creative experiences for the user? Well, it is never just creativity for creativity's sake. Einstein has said uh, intuition does not come to an uh, unprepared mind. So a statement which stands, this is a statement which stands true in the world of design as well. Uh, It could be said that intuition is the basic of art uh, rather than technique. The war between studio skills and technical skills has always been there. And I personally believe in uh, striking a balance between the both. Of course, good design relies on good process. So, uh, so institution or, or, or despite uh, its uh, inherent whimsy must be handled practically and uh, factored into a designer's working process. I have started from a very strong technically 
uh, oriented design space and have grown into a space where nothing but true intuition only work. Uh, as I said, during my NID works, uh, we were doing pixel editing kind of work, which was merely graphic designing, uh, uh, a pure uh, brainless task, but very technically uh, with a, with very technical positions. And during my design ventures that I was designing the uh, entire Bra uh, Bharangam Theatre Festival for National School of Drama or when I was designing the tableau for Republic Day Parade, it was all intuition backed by strong technical capabilities that helped. So the capability, so the combination of these two really result in the perfect experience for the user. When we have uh, a, a strong studio skill and backed with a strong technical skill, the results are always great. Interesting. And from here, moving and slightly adding another interesting element to our conversation, which is the world of technology. So today, it is no longer enough to develop tech for good. All of us deserve tech that is good. Every day, billions of people leave trails of personal information simply by engaging online, which constitutes our digital identities. As more people demand privacy and control over their identity data, we will need to rethink the next wave of technology itself. The question that I have for you, Sanjay, is what will be the role of design in the next wave of tech innovation to unlock a trustworthy, sustainable digital economy? Well, uh, I think we should not spend time on predicting the future of design. No one can do it, actually. The uh, world is changing so fast, and the more we try to control it, the more we fail. Uh, in the present scenario, uh, is a live example. One year back, we never had time to even stop and take a look at what and where we are as a humanity. Within three months of lockdown, the nature took over and changed our perception completely. The new normal has changed. The fashion has changed. People started wearing masks, which you can never think of uh, as, a, as, as an element altogether. The designs has changed. Uh, the shops have now a barrication in front of it. So the, the layouting of uh, the way we do commerce has changed. Architecture will change. Nowadays, uh, the, the kind of oxygen shortage that we are seeing, the new housing societies are now, uh, as I am speaking, uh, the new uh, builders are uh, keeping this as an element in their construction that every housing society will have at least 20, 30 bed space available that can be converted into a mini hospital if required. Uh, oxygen storage unit will be there. So they are uh, uh, keeping that kind of uh, budgeting in their costing. So the architecture is evolving also. Healthcare has changed. Uh, the way we used to handle healthcare before has no meaning now. Uh, socializing has changed. Uh, so the, the thing has evolved, the, the, the world has evolved to is keep on evolving and is also keeping keep on evolving gradually. Now, economy has changed. I have moved to total uh, digital transition almost 99%. The technology has defined new rules. Uh, not only that, there are newer real states for branding. We have ever... Have you ever thought of putting a brand name on a face mask before January 2020? Now there are brands 
every brand has a mask of their own so the new real states are coming up now design will always be there just as nature the nature was there at the time of lockdown 2020 it, it corrected itself no matter what the problem has happened it will find its way to evolve the design will find its way to evolve as things will keep changing the new uh, venues will come new media will come new reasonings will be there new experiences will be there just like nature I would not like to manhandle the design growth it will find its own way a little philosophical reply but that's what and how I feel about it in fact I'm amazed it's, it's such a matured um, an interesting outlook uh, uh, to, to the world of design and lending technology with design. I, 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 I simply love that opinion. Thank you so much, Sanjay, for sharing that. And that, Sanjay, brings us to our last question. At Avantika University, we coined the term designering, which is the base ideology that we follow in terms of training the next set of talent. Where do you see design and technology blend in your field and your process? And do you think this philosophy is valid? Absolutely. I totally agree. Designing is actually the future. Um, gone are the days when we, you know, we are only a designer. Actually, we're circling back to the Renaissance era when art and technology were part of the same stream. There was no bifurcation of the two. Uh, if you know Leonardo and Michelangelo, both were painters, sculptor, architect, engineer, uh, anatomy scientist, uh, alchemist. They were wearing so many hats at the same time. So uh, now is the time which we are going back into the space where I think living with only one discipline uh, will not help. One has to evolve into multiple disciplines and uh, an engineer cannot live without design and a design cannot live without uh, having the basic technical and engineering capabilities. So designing is the right term and that is the future of design college and design uh, institutions. Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you so much, Sanjay, for sharing your thoughts with our listeners. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with us. It was honor and pleasure hosting you on our show. And I'm sure that our listeners will have loads of learning from this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on your show. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed our show. Do write to us on ads at the rate avantika.edu.in. We look forward to your opinions, feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show. Do tune in our channel next week on Wednesday for a new story on Hubhopper or wherever you get your podcast from. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.